0: Welcome back to another episode of Add to List, True Detective Season 3. My name is Bob. I'm here with Axel and Alex. Say hello.
1: Hey. Hola.
0: Okay, good. That was nice and short. I like that. Great. We're starting to figure it out. Today we're talking about Episode 4, The Hour and the Day. We said before we kicked off the show, you guys, at least Alex liked this episode.
1: Yeah, I really liked this episode. I felt like I, w- I was... Uh, I. I was anticipating every new scene that was coming around, like everything made sense. Was like, okay, we're going from the 80s to the 90s, action, calm down, more action, sex, let's get this on. I felt like uh, <laughs> there was a rhythm, you know? It was a, plus the cliffhanger at the end. I don't want to, I'm not going to go into the details, I'm just explaining why I like this episode more. I felt like I, I understood the characters, or, or I could, um, what do you call it, anticipate. Identify with them? I felt like I knew what they might do, and sometimes they would surprise me, and sometimes they wouldn't. Okay. And I enjoyed that part. Okay, let's start with a
0: summary of episode four. I'm going to try to get through this quickly, unlike last time, uh, and then we can get to talking about some of our favorite parts about this episode. Wayne and Rowland Visit the Church, where the priest indicates that he took communion photos uh, of Will... Uh, He mentions an aunt that Julie was looking forward to seeing. And on the car ride back, Roland says he doesn't like the priest. He doesn't trust him. Wayne now thinks that it wasn't really about Will, but it was about Julie. Uh, Next, they visit this woman, Patty Favor, I think is her name. She's the one who made these cornhouse dolls. She recalls that a black guy with a milky eye bought 10 of them, said he had nieces and nephews. In 90... Uh, Wayne is back on SID and the task force, but it's off to a rough start because he's not in a lead role anymore, and there's clearly a grudge that the attorney general and the major are holding against him, and they make it pretty clear that they still feel that way. Okay, back in 80, Wayne and Roland head out to Sam Whiteheads. He's the guy that Patty mentioned bought, or he's someone that fits the, the description. She didn't name him. Uh, so they go out to this all-black neighborhood. It gets really, really
1: tense. tense yeah.
0: gets super tense. Um, and they really don't get a lot of good intel other than to go back to the chicken line, probably back to Hoyt, Hoyt Foods. Foods. Yeah, uh, They don't think that he's the guy. And that's kind of where that leaves off. We still, they didn't really get that far with, with him as a suspect. Then 70-year-old Wayne asks his son, who I didn't realize was a cop, Mm. I think that yeah. I don't think there's any hint of that. So no, they just yeah. showed us that. They just revealed that. Right. To chase down some names, including Roland, so we kinda know that they don't know what he's up to, even if he's still alive. Later he goes to see Eliza, where he suggests that they talk again, but with more of a quid pro quo dynamic. He would like to keep that conversation strictly between them. Mm-hmm. Back in ninety, the task force comes together. Um Again, he's not lead. He's almost like just there for, there for the ride, but he does go with Roland up to Oklahoma to the Walgreens, where, after going through hours and hours of security footage, he sees someone that he thinks is Julie. Um, I think that's the last thing we see from them in 1990 with, with the investigation. Yeah. Then back in '80, where Wayne and Roland, they go back to the church, they get prints from all the prisoners with the help of the priest. We then see Wayne and Amelia on what looks like their first proper date. I felt like we saw two sides of Wayne. We saw the cool, confident Wayne, but then also intermixed with the guy who doesn't really know how to behave on a date or around women. So I think we kind of saw both of that. Um, Then we cut to Roland picking up Tom at the sawhorse, which is where Lucy used to work, or maybe still does, after Tom had gotten into a fight with some of the local yokels. In the car, we see the beginnings of Roland and Tom's relationship, and we see some more complicated race stuff where Tom uses the N-word, Roland defends Wayne after Tom said that, and then Tom is immediately apologetic and feels a lot of shame and guilt over that. He winds up passed out on Roland's couch. Amelia also visits the Purcell home where Lucy has a moment of honesty and opens up to Amelia about herself, but quickly turns aggressive when she thinks Amelia is manipulating her into talking further to uh, police. This is kind of the first time we saw some acting out of... Um,
2: Helen Mirren's daughter?
0: Is that actor Helen Mirren's daughter? I think it's her Helen Mirren's daughter. Well, her name is Mammy Gummer, and I did not look up any for... She looks like a Mammy info. Gummer. She's, she's a daughter. <laughs> she's a daughter of... Either Helen Mirren
2: or he. She looks a lot like her mom. Well, she looks more like
0: Meryl Streep. There you go. That's the one.
2: And then it was like one of these like, oh, great so, actresses. Oh, she,
0: she's Meryl Streep's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I did not know that. Okay. Later, the town folks see Brett talking to some kids while out collecting trash, which is kind of a funny scene um, because of the little bit of dialogue there, but. Those kids are so badass. <laughs> kids are funny. They were like old souls, but they were. I don't even know. The, I don't know if that was that was pop. You know, was that soda or was it, it beer? I thought was it was it beer. beer. Yeah, it was. It looked funny because the cans looked really big in their hands. So anyway, he gets observed by the leader of the townsfolk pitchfork gang with the American flag hat, and this winds up turning into a bad situation. Uh, Roland and Wayne are then recapping some things with the case. They're, they mention chasing down people who got injured on the job at on the chicken line when they get word that a print came back on the bike, which was Freddie's, so now they're going to hold him and the other three. They begin questioning him. He admits to taking Will's bike, bullying him, but he, then he falls apart after the thought of uh, prison rape basically poisons his mind. That poor guy. He was
2: just crying for like an hour.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, he... I don't want to get into it. He, he should have just told the truth from, from, from the get-go. Yeah. The detectives don't really like him for Will's murder, but before they can continue, they get a call that something's going down at Brett's. Bang, bang. We learn that Brett spots the town folk coming. We see him spot the cars. He runs. Uh, I do want to talk about this as well later. Um, and then he runs back to his house. He has a series of booby traps set up. Uh, including but not limited to a tripwire rigged to a claymore mine, <laughs> which was incredible. I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a big problem for whoever walks in through the door. Um, he then opens up that green bag that we we knew what we were going to find out. It's a bunch of, uh, I guess it's a bunch of AKs. I don't really know my guns that well. It's some kind of semi-automatic assault yeah. rifle. Stashes them around the windows. Because he's basically, this is his last stand. Yeah, he's
2: gonna butch Cassidy this bitch.
0: Yeah. Uh, Inner into this scene is 70 year old Wayne having a more disruptive hallucination where he sees a bunch of Viet Cong. He's very distressed and a guy in a suit with a gunshot through his chest. Yeah. So, which oh. I thought was interesting. Um, we're gonna, I get, theories. Yeah, <laughs> we can get to that later. But nice. that, at first I wasn't sure what that was. And then, yeah,
2: well. It's like we'll, he's haunted by all the yeah, people he's we'll, killed. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, he's also preoccupied with finding Roland because he, quote, needs his memory, and he becomes paranoid. He thinks that someone is watching his house. Uh, finally, I think it's this is the last scene, back in 80, as police arrive at Brett's to quell the situation. By the way, for a moment, I thought that, well, I didn't really think so, but it was like, oh, shit, are the cops going to be the ones to open the door first? But that doesn't happen. Leader of the Pitchfork gang kicks open the door. Boom. Off screen. End of episode. Mm -hmm. So a lot happens here. What do you guys want to talk about first?
1: Do you think he was in his right? Like, stand your ground? Is Arkansas... Who are you talking about? Brett. Brett? Seems like he was all within his right.
2: I think so, too. I think if you have, like, an aggressor, especially if you're, like, down down there like in the boonies and you have some dudes that just come up to your house clearly with the intent of hurting you and then he busts down your door i mean you kind of have it
1: coming at i don't most, really think he cares at most yeah i don't think there's like a plan b after or like a next step after this plan yeah, but i don't think um, he's thinking
0: about yeah. how this is going to work out but him.
1: like in the real world i guess he would have a case what maybe some misdemeanors for like excessive weapons or like um not registered weapons, maybe a, a mine or something. But I'm just saying, hey, man, it was just a one-man, one-man versus, like, a town of rednecks.
0: Yeah, he's, he's got this whole one-man wrecking crew thing. I'm trying to... There's a lot of last-stand scenes in movies It probably could have come up with a list, but off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Assault on Precinct 13, that's one.
2: Butch Cassidy.
0: Yeah, an Butch answer. Cassidy, although they do get cornered. I'm thinking a little bit of the find the spot and do exactly what he does where he places AKs, Liam? he places machine guns at all the windows, at all the points of ingress, so that if he drops one and has to move, move locations, he goes to that window and there's something waiting for him. You know, The other detail I loved about him was he kicks his shoes off. Yeah, I love that. I I thought that was so great. I mean, I think it tells us about the character. He's a Native American actor playing a Native American character who's a veteran. So I just think he's ready. He's got these boots so he doesn't, um, you know, he probably doesn't step on glass and he's walking through the mud. Those are like his work shoes, but he's already had it in his head, like, what, like, how he's going to proceed with this. And, like, the game is on. So he drops everything, he kicks his shoes off. And although maybe the actor wasn't super swift afoot, it kind of made me feel like, okay, he's just going back to total, like... Back to the like, land. Back to instincts, back to <laughs> animal... Like, yeah, it was back a thing. To the jungle. Well, it just felt like... The effect is It just cool. felt symbolic in a way that probably someone who's... Who thought about it more than
1: the, the detail like, than of, I have of the bloody souls?
2: Yeah, that, that I, I thought was really cool. That shot when he's like mm. finally at the house and he steps, and you're like, "What's that red shit on the asphalt?" Yeah. That, I thought that was cool. He's like set it
1: up maybe like one point one. The real probably is really running because that would really hurt to to run an asphalt at that speed. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: yeah, you're right. I mean, I definitely think it would unless you're someone who walks around barefoot all the time.
1: Um, in California, as an actor.
0: <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You just never, you know, I'm thinking about Joe Rogan runs up <laughs> mountains with This guy's perfect. Those. Look, at, <laughs> they're doing a cast roll. It's like, uh. I need yeah, you I to run, yeah, I need you to run 50 yards on the pavement as fast as you can. If you want to quit, you can, but go for it. Yeah, also multiple takes. Yeah, well, they very well could have, could have, uh, could have had oh, someone double. else, yeah, stand in for him. Um, that would be tough to do multiple takes. Running is running hard on the on the pavement.
1: Yeah, just for like five episodes. No. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I well, he's gonna be yeah, he's gonna be back for five. Uh, I don't know whether he's gonna live or not. We can officially make a prediction on that. But again, I just thought that was like a really nice detail um, that they added. So
1: much action! I loved it, and it wasn't like uh, it was paced, or I don't know if it's what do you you call it paced? It was segmented and like. It wasn't just action for for half the episode. It was just like a little tension here in the beginning. Um, where am I thinking there's more action? Well, there's the
0: threat of action when they're at the house talking to Sam. Right.
1: That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So I watched uh, next week on True Detective, you know, after we recorded last week. I, I watched it like actually I guess right before I watched this episode the first time. And the way that was cut, I I actually thought that was going to be at the... The, the Hoyt Foods. I think they oh. intercut a scene, at, like something that said Hoyt Foods, they intercut something with that place, even though it wasn't in the episode. And I just remember thinking, what, uh, this is, is Roland drawing his gun at Hoyt Foods for some reason? Um, I didn't really, I wasn't like, you know, pausing and, and, and scrubbing. But what did you guys think of that scene? The glazed eye guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't want to talk about it during our summary, but... I felt the tension.
2: Yeah, no, it was a very tense scene, for sure. Uh, I think they could have handled that better. But it, I think it's part of the, the deal. Like, they get into his house. He's a trapper. I don't know. Like, I, I think the scene was necessary just because it's like they're clearly showing the racial tensions between both of these communities. But it, I didn't feel like that guy really did do it. Like, he was really just kind of like... Also, they were in his house, and somebody like Wayne would clearly see something like uh, the 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 chaff doll, or something, right? If he was really the guy, he they, he would have spotted
1: some some evidence. How can you wear that badge? It's got a clip. It's got a
2: clip on it. Yeah, that's a great line. That's a good line.
1: Yeah. There were, okay. That's another thing about this episode. It was really funny. Like I laugh out laughed out loud maybe a couple times.
0: I think you're right. I think this episode was it had the most dry humor of any other episode. Uh, was, the clip. Also a, Everybody had a
2: good line, like, um, uh, Carmen, uh, that's not her name, Amelia, when they're, they're in the, in the kitchen, when he comes in and he's like, Hey, look, basically the same thing that she did to him the night before. And he was just like, okay, now you want to talk, like, now you want me, I'm sorry. You know, the whole thing. And she comes in and she like shows him that he's stupid. Like she uses a word, like a $10 word.
0: What was the word though? I don't remember. Vicissitudes. 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 (laughs) So. Did you guys look it up? I didn't look it up. She told us to. I did. It's, Probably she,
2: it, it's close. It's the. It's basically what she says. She already. Re, she says the definition in it. Like oh, okay. bring it up. But it's basically like a a series of like circumstances or fortune, typically one that is unwelcome or unpleasant.
0: Okay,
1: I like how he. Yeah,
0: she was. She was like sticking in the knife and turning it a little bit. That yeah. one.
1: A couple of times, I I saw Hayes uh, shift his eyes, and I thought that was a nice little detail. Like he's pretending to think about something that is not his lines, mm-hmm. you know. I think at the dinner thing, he's trying to access memory, or he's acting like he's accessing memory.
0: Okay, let's let's get to that next. My last thing on the scene at Sam's at, in the black community is that, I agree, I don't think it was, I started thinking about it, I don't actually know how important it is to the plot. I think it could, plot-wise, it's totally unnecessary, but I think it was, again, to kind of it really was about the racial tension. And I think it's also still setting up this... Or making you think, is Roland racist or is he not racist? Or relative to the time... Today, yeah. he's he would be... You can't say those things now. But at the time, you're like... He always has a retort for when Wayne kind of calls him out of being racist. It happens on the car right up where he goes... Let's just start at the liquor store. After Wayne says, "Do you want to just do door to door? That'll be fun." He's being sarcastic. And then when Roland says, "Let's just go to the the liquor store," Wayne says, "It's pretty pretty fucking racist." He's like, "Place has three businesses. Yeah. What, why why wouldn't we? Store? Like, yeah, it only this place only has three businesses because no one goes there, right?
1: So then Roland was probably on the progressive part or progressive side of the bell.
2: Yeah, like I, I, like what you said is true, right? If you were to hold. Teddy Roosevelt to today's standard of a of a of a white man, you'd yeah. be like, oh man, he's a fucking racist. I know we can we man. can
0: but we can't or we should or we shouldn't look at it through that lens because then yeah.
2: in the very least I think he's tolerant, right? Like the the his reaction to them vandalizing the car, that that whole question that, that right there establishes Dude, how that's much it I cares. Left. yeah. When he goes, like you know, if anything, if because they're black, it gives me pause. But a white
0: man ruins my ride? Well, fuck him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, no, no, no. it 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 basically makes you wonder, though, is saying that, is that almost, is that racism or is that just? I'm aware of what's go, what the situation is. Yeah, it's like, like a I'm little... a white guy, and I, the last thing I want to do is to have not a clean shoot on someone who's not also white. Mm-hmm. I have no problems blowing away some asshole. White guy, because then it's just me against that other idiot, and I'm a cop. But that's really interesting because that—that's the
2: whole thing, right? It's not like I—I I, see. I thought it was with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah, I know. But, but you're right. I think it really is like if it was a white guy, way easier for would, me to cover my ass. Yeah, I would do this because it's out of principle. Because it's a a, a black community, like somebody's gonna somebody's gonna look into this, especially because it's the '80s,
0: right? And especially because of the way Sam was uh, immediately on on the defensive, it was acting like they were going to try to, you know, pin this on him. when well, nothing they said indicated that, although nothing they said made it clear that they weren't going to do that, right? Yeah. Immediately, he's just like, they're trying to pin this on me. Um, oh, it's in the papers. It was white kids. Whatever. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a good scene, but I also didn't think it was necessary. The episode was 106, an hour and six minutes. And if they wanted to get it down to... An hour plot-wise, they could have got rid of it.
1: Can Are we can we just say, or can we just blame it on a random act of of what do you call it, a vandalism? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, can, can, wait, uh, you don't want to go yeah. with irate? Yeah, yeah. I-
0: yeah, exactly. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. Again, you're right. It was just definitely just funnier. A little chocolate.
2: The banter is great. The banter is good. The, the other thing I will I will say though, the prop design for 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 these episodes is amazing. There's a, a depending on what you want to talk about next there's certain key points in this in this uh show like this episode where they used prop design to further the story and I've gone back and watched the previous episodes and they do this so the stuff that's inside like you know when when Sam is against the wall and he's got those furs behind him and stuff there's a lot of stuff going on there but none of that means anything to us now i'm really looking forward to see what how they take a similar thing like a skin or any of the stuff that he had in his house and places it either in the crime scene uh part of the investigation when they meet julie as an adult I, it, like that that scene they didn't put it in for nothing it definitely served a purpose today in this in this show this
0: episode but not it, we still have to place that in the the greater scheme okay that's something we can look at and get to next week after we have some more time to kind of rewatch, let's get back to the kitchen scene, Alex. That you wanted to.
1: No, you, you guys assumed that about. I want to talk more about ah. the. Kitchen well, you scene, brought it up. You know what I figured out is that I'm, the only sex scenes I'm going to get out of the show is between Amelia and Hayes.
0: Probably, although I might have I just spoiled don't... something for myself by looking on Wikipedia. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, spoil it. Well, away. It, it doesn't necessarily equate to to sex. It might I've... just it might just wind up being unrequited affection. Who knows?
1: So gratuitous means that it's not necessary, right? The scene is not necessary for the plot or whatever. Yeah, like if you removed it, it didn't matter. Okay, so I thought it was a gracious sex scene. I mean, you didn't have to see them banging, but you could hear them. And I don't know, the, the kid's reaction was kind of weird. <laughs> I, thought, I agree. It was like, this again. I, I, kind, <laughs> the smirk, I, I mean, kind of smirk. I mean, that wondered. was like, that was directed to them. Hey, make sure you smirk. They don't even know why they're smirking.
0: Yeah, I I also wondered about whether uh, Henry, like th- it makes you think this isn't the first time that they've heard their parents have sex, w- which is which is fine. But it also made me think maybe they just had those reactions from the kids and then they just did that in editing, like they added the sound. The kids were reacting to something else, you, you, like that kind of thing. Hmm. He makes almost the exact same face twice. Henry, he kind of looks over his left shoulder. And grins and then looks back at at his sister mm. because they're in the other scene, I think he I can't remember exactly what happens. I think maybe they just hear them or something like that, yeah, there are so he, he kind of just him. he kind of just looks looks left, grins, looks at his sister like twice, weird, so I wonder if it was seriously the two takes of the kid doing that, and then they used it, <laughs> they used it twice, I don't know, I mean that's I can nitpick that I don't really care it, it was cute, yeah, what I did really like about that scene that was surprising was when they're arguing and you can sort of feel the frustration. She wants him to leave. He says something. He starts, he talks very weird to her. Like is any wife in this situation? He starts talking about it as if it's like a, an abstract situation. Right. And then he goes to leave. She's like, ah, oh, you're always leaving, blah, blah, blah. And she tells him to stop talking shit. And, she, and she's like, or what? And he pauses and he says, or I'm going to start crying. Did you guys think? I thought that
2: was. <laughs> I mean, I, I was really waiting to hear what his response would be, right? Because she's she basically cornered him. She said, "What you gonna you gonna beat me? You are gonna yell at me?" Uh, I think in the same conversation, and so he's just like, "What do I have left? Well, I could cry."
1: Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe we were supposed to think that that was endearing, and that he has a really soft side.
0: I think it was intentional. I think it's because it it. it I felt like I was being led to him saying the exact opposite, Yeah, you know, or I'll wipe that grin off your, you know, that kind of, kind of expression of like, quote unquote, of like toxic masculinity or something like that. Or is it the most? He just is like, I felt like he was being honest to say the truth, but I didn't expect to hear. Yeah. Who's honest when they're angry. Yeah. I've just don't really feel like I've ever even heard that ever in a show.
2: Do you think he was angry? I don't think he was angry.
0: No, I think he was angry. I think they were both. I think they were having a fight, but I just can't remember in real life or on screen or anything like that where the 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 the, friggin', the cop masculine character pauses and when his wife is, as he puts it, talking shit about him and then just admits like, or I'm going to start crying. So I kind of <laughs> like that. I, I half laughed, but I also enjoyed it as a moment of like sensitivity that we really haven't yeah, seen from him. That's what I got.
2: It it goes hand-in-hand hand with the date as well. There are these moments where, like you said, he he is this guy who is confident, but at the same time has no idea how to talk to a woman. And he's flirting with her. All the while, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. You're pretty good at this. It's like, really? Because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Also,
1: the waiter uh, delivering the the main entrees. You can see a waiter coming in with an with the entree, especially if they're in per, your peripheral. You can stop talking about murdering kids.
2: I don't know. I've been in that situation too, where like they come out of nowhere and they put the plate on you, and you just said something really
0: fucked up. Okay. The other thing, Alex, is that I've been paying attention to all the food scenes, and they eat. Yeah. They actually,
1: <laughs> n- That's true. Look, wait, this I noticed that they ate. They actually took a bite. She a, ate a, proper a bite. tomato. But wait, she ate the beer. Lettuce. Who drinks beer like that? Are you trying to save? On the beer, obviously, they've drunk before. They were at the bar. Who takes two sips? Oh, a beer man. Oh, only when I need my wits or something? Well,
0: I don't know. Maybe it's because if you have a beer in your hand and you're in like an awkward conversation, say you're at a party, you're not talking to somebody you don't really know, and next thing you know, my high life is empty and I'm trying to get out of the conversation. I'm Cause going you're, back to the bar.
2: Because you're drinking it, it like
1: anxiously while you're talking yeah, to somebody else. Yeah, you're anxiously drinking it. So uh, you Well, know, he was anxiously... Stu- Anxiously drinking it, too, just minute sipping sips. it. But that was my only... Listen,
2: you're like you going to have this complaint all the time. You're going to have the complaint but of, like, they're at not least... eating the food. No, they're just, like, drinking beer in an unsatisfactory way. But I,
1: this <laughs> is a lot better. A little sip is a lot better than chewing a, a leaf of lettuce. So I'll leave it at that. It's better. <laughs> you're going to
0: die. Like, die in this hill like Brett. <laughs> 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 also, I'll never forgive you for making me think about this all the time now when i watch scenes i just don't understand why there's so much food in this show
2: all right where where where, where what's the next thing you want to talk about
0: uh i don't really have one i think those are the two i really want to talk to talk about we could i got one I to go to
2: i got one so back in 1990 where they're in lieutenant roland's office and you have the da and what looks like some kind of high ranking police officer right and there's a over-the-shoulder or waist, sh- sh- over-the-waist, I guess, shot of uh, Roland's desk, and right there in the middle is a picture of a woman. Hmm. Next scene, right, the woman in the picture is the woman that he spots in the church, in the no Catholic way. church, and that he talks to afterwards, and is talking about faith and how that's really
1: important. There's a lot of tale in church. He's got to go back to church. It's true, that's, man.
0: That's what we learned.
1: Catholic church, too. Very important. And he's Baptist.
0: That's what really surprises me, actually, is the, the fact that the church is Catholic. In the South? Yeah. There aren't that many Catholics, right? I don't think so. I mean, we had a discussion earlier, the three of us with some others, about the South, but not really, not a big Catholic community compared to the north to the Northeast, right. you know, or the West Coast.
1: Well, they only had like a thousand parishioners. That's not much, right?
0: He's made it sound like it was a
1: lot given the size of the community. Probably cuz he's hiding something. Oh, there's a lot of people. I don't know, sir. Oh, you yeah, what do you what do you yeah. guys think about him? So I thought
2: this Catholic priest is just like taking pictures of kids. Kind of weird. Gave me a little bit of a weird feeling. He's the photographer. It the, the the positioning of Will's body. There's like I think we were talking about this. There's two people that that or two groups of people I guess that would know, right? People who took the picture, photographer or the photographers, or the staff there, the people who were there, and the family. So that really just leaves you two people who could
0: possibly put him in that position. I mean, yeah, picture. but also no, because those photos are up in the church.
2: But like, they're in his office. They're in the, I don't know, the rectory? Is that what it's called?
1: Are they? Yeah. That's, I thought- remember, he was putting his drapes and shit, like the little robes. Uh, also, anyone with access to the family album.
2: Also, that's the place where that priest gets naked, and he's surrounded with pictures of his parishioners' kids.
0: Looking I don't know. If, I don't know if priests get. It's, I don't think it's a locker room. I think that's where you just put your stuff over your clothes.
2: I always thought that they were naked underneath those things. You know, like a kilt. No. It's a matter of pride for no, them.
0: They're pretty much always wearing the black outfit with the collar, and then they put on all the robes and stuff when they
1: hold oh, yes, services. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know anything. Uh, I don't think he's good for the for any. Anything related to Will's murder? I I would love to put him as a person
2: of interest. I I I didn't dislike the priest. I didn't think he was a bad person, but I think he might know more than he's leading.
1: I don't no? What do you think, Bob?
0: Well, what do you think about the idea that it's not about Will and it's about Julie?
1: Oh yeah, that's t- totally true. I think it fits with one of like our predictions. To get Julie with it, your Hoyt theory.
2: Well, maybe not completely. I think we're. I've also kind of been spoiling it for myself. I've been reading uh my the results of my Google alerts on True Detective. Mm-hmm. And there are some theories out there that are I think unsubstantiated. Like for example, the Hoyt Foods thing is is more about um the the wife of the person the guy who owns or or the matriarch of that family or whatever wanted to have kids. They're just be making up stuff around it, but that she is the the aunt. couple. Yeah, she's the aunt. She's the one with the the, the luxury brown car, right? And that, that fits. they wanted to get Julie because she just wanted a she just wanted to have a kid, but it, it it fits with our story that it is about Julie rather than it was about Will. Dan's bones. Oh, Dan's dead.
0: It could be a could be a lot of things. That's not necessarily, you know. She says that he resurfaces in 1990 after disappearing. So. That means...
2: Yeah, I mean, he resurfaced in a, like,
0: what was it, a swamp or some kind of, like, body of water? Yeah, resurfacing always makes you think that someone intentionally goes off the grid and then pops back up. But since it happens in in 90, and then it's also prison dental records, those bones looked... There was no meat on those bones. Yeah. Those bones were buried and I'm know, surprised dry as bones. hell. Well... I don't know. I'm not a forensic psychologist. Uh, d- uh scientist. So while forensic we're on the that- forensic psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither of those. That exists. Yeah, it does. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So who do they examine? The dead? No, it's profiler. Like a fore- uh, forensic doesn't mean like it, it, forensics means debate. So you are No, a it scientist. doesn't.
0: It means blood under fingernails. By the, and the way, hair fibers. Hear th- you hear this and background DNA swabs.
1: This background music is pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. These well, guys are way too loud. we got to fuck them up.
0: I
2: don't care. While we're on the, the, the topic of that, that's, that that scene where uh, Purple Haze is talking to Eliza, right? And he comes in, and we see it. We see exactly what Wayne sees on the nightstand, two glasses of wine mm-hmm. and a disheveled bed. Right? He comes in, and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm not interrupting anything, right? Who do you think was in that room? Mm. I think it's Wayne's son. Wayne's son is fucking Eliza. Possible,
1: that's the first guess.
2: Remember last last show you were talking about how uh, Wayne's son had this level of intimacy with her when when she was like questioning Wayne about something and then it got too too intense and he goes, "Hey man, we didn't talk about this." Like she, he was mm. he was on a level with her. I I remember that and there's a certain casualness to that, right? That that then when when we they they highlight it, it's right in the foreground, right in front of us. He walks in. He, the camera follows Wayne, and then he discusses it. I think Wayne either knows or got the premonition that his son... Because he later on, when he was in the... Uh, in he already the, knows. He, like, he already knows, yeah. Because he saw that, he maybe seen other things. But for us, just in terms of the show, he later on in the the the, the police department, he talks to him, as like, are you going to see that woman again? And he goes, no, not since the...
0: Not since the interview where shit went hard. I think that happens at, before. You think that happens before? Well, he, he goes to see his son at the police station prior to meeting with Eliza. Oh, I think you're right. Like in right. the show's content. in the yeah. continuity of the actual episode. The I'm, order in which we see those scenes.
2: I'm thinking of it because he, like, he got uncomfortable. And then next, maybe other scene after that, he's at the hotel room. And I, I was like, oh, the t- put two and two together. Like that, That's that got to be... He was there a little while ago. Hmm.
0: It's possible if he is still someone who can tell if someone else is lying. Do you know what I
2: mean? I'm calling I, it
0: now, though. I, I wouldn't like that to be true. No? It would kind of piss me off if if Henry was
1: was sleeping with Eliza.
0: I'm team team Eliza. I guess.
2: You get
1: but... yours, boo-boo. We <laughs> really do it as... If they are having an affair, I think maybe it would be a foreshadow of Hayes also stepping out at some point. But stepping I, I, out? I do not mean stepping out. On Amelia? Like sometime in the 80s or 90s? Because <laughs> the kitchen thing again? As he's father, like, I, I hope you get a girlfriend. As father, as son. He just doesn't seem like he He would. doesn't seem like a ladies man. Eventually, we're going to talk about the, the office man ghost, right? That's a later section.
2: Oh, yes. Can we do that now? About what?
1: The, remember when we when, uh, oh, yeah, Wayne
2: was yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, in his room?
0: Yeah, you want to talk about the... Yeah, yeah let's do that. The, the, you mean the apparition, the vision, the hallucination of that guy. <laughs> the odd man standing.
2: Well, I mean, he's the only guy not wearing a Raiden hat, you know?
1: <laughs>
0: Dude, that guy's got some serious demons.
2: He's basically sitting in a room with all these people who he's clearly killed. And then you have the, the one guy wearing similar attire to what the other detectives are wearing. And I, th- I in the beginning when I saw that because this is right before maybe like two or three scenes before the show ends, I thought this is probably one of the guys that Brett kills. And when the 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 Pitchfork gang shows up at Brett's home, mm-hmm. I was looking for which one of these guys was it.
1: Wearing a tie.
2: Yeah, but it's not. I, I think I think it's a fellow detective. I think Wayne killed maybe an ex partner,
0: maybe another like that guy's going to come back. I think it happens in 1990. I think that they're chasing someone, and that guy gets killed, and Wayne feels responsible. He mentions Mm. in one of the episodes, I don't remember which one, when he's talking to Eliza, he talks about how the case haunts him, but 1990 more than the 80 investigation. So Mm. I think that in 80 he feels bad about getting the wrong guy and the way that was handled and the fact that he, it just killed his career. But I think that in 90 it goes haywire and I think someone gets killed. Do you think from, from the conversations, do you think that from the conversations that actually, he's probably not a G man. Go on.
2: (laughs) Who knows from the conversations that Wayne has had with the DA in Roland's office, do you think that it ruined his career because he got the wrong guy? Or you think that, this is what I think, that Wayne, his career got ruined because he didn't want to give up working on the case when the DA was like, we got somebody, let's just close this. Yeah,
0: I think I said that last week. That yeah. I, I think that at the time the state wanted to close it. Yeah, you did. I don't think that Roland probably agreed with that decision, but he went with it and... Wayne was probably very vocal about how it's not over and this isn't the right guy. Yeah. I'm I'm leaning towards that now from the conversations that he's had. Yeah. For sure. The other thing that, and I want to, we can get back to the vision, but since we're talking about this real quick, I, I saw a lot on this episode that gave me mixed feelings about how Roland was going to handle leading the investigation. At one point he kind of steps on Wayne while he's, Wayne's mm-hmm. kind of giving a, going on about like a little bit of a summary But at other times, like before that, you think that these two are going to be Butch and Sundance just fighting the law. Like, you know, like they were, bad analogy, but they were essentially going to nod their head and say, yes, we're going to do it this way. Our mandate is to make sure that the previous conviction is upheld. Whereas everything so far up to that point indicates that the two of them don't believe that they got the right guy and they want to finish to finish this. They yeah. have the unfinished business, a little bit of season one, same thing when Marty and Russ get back together, where they say, we left things unfinished, which I know because I watched that episode today. <laughs> <laughs> and so, to, to but to bring it back to who that other guy is, do you think the other characters, the Viet Cong, were people that he killed personally? Do you think that's, do you think those are random? Um... Vietnamese soldiers, or do you think um, they each represent a person that is real? Well, I, I don't know much about this LARP
2: program, but what I, I, I think he probably LARP. did.
0: LARP. Well, because you've said LARP before. LARP, for live LARP. action role yeah, play. Yeah, those are different. So don't LARP, say LARPers. LARP when you mean LARP.
2: Yeah, yeah you definitely don't want to upset the LARP community.
0: <laughs> I just like to say that no one else is laughing except for <laughs> Axel with that. Anyway. So wait, wait I, do I think
2: that they're individual people who he's gone toe-to-toe with? No. I think that he was given a mission to find maybe a whole unit of people. It's it, It's got to be a lot easier to find a whole bunch of people than it is one individual in, in the jungle of Vietnam, right? So I think that these guys are just like a mission that he had, and he had to, you know, merc all of them. Amelia asks him,
0: at a certain point, you tracked people. This is in the scene in episode three where they're in civilian clothes and they're doing the search along with the volunteers. Um,
1: The the, one where they have the flags? Yes. That was their first date.
0: Yeah, and then when we get our intro to him and his background and way back in episode one, Roland says that he would, they drop him in the middle of the jungle and he would come back with scalps I do think that he went after specific people, perhaps leaders. If you think about the way warfare changed in the modern era, people stopped wearing things that indicated that they were officers. Because they were just immediately targets, all like constantly. So I have a suspicion that each one of those people he sees while they're all kind of dressed the same to us, might be individuals that he tracked and killed. Because I think the message, that, and I don't know enough about the history of our tactics in, in Vietnam. I'm, I'm not a student of this, but... Shout out to Ken Burns. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Ken, if you're listening, sorry, we'll get there.
2: <laughs>
0: Sometimes you want to turn those tactics of fear against your enemy because this is what would happen is people would just get picked apart. They would disappear. You'd see them strung up. It was like horrifying, right? It wasn't just, um, the horrors of being killed mowed down by a machine gun or something. It was the way that the guerrilla war- uh, warfare was scaring people, uh, people was psychological. And he may have been one of these people. And again, I don't really know what the, what like these lerps did for real versus what you would read on Wikipedia if they have the job description, but he might've been doing the same thing. Like, tracking people and literally scalping them to freak out yeah. the enemy so that they don't know how close you are and all this kind of stuff.
2: I read, I read that as, yes, he was given a mission to find possibly some, some guy or hold units of individuals, but in order to get his target, he needed to take down sentries. Because all those people that are in, that, that, that are, that are in his room that he's imagining or, or in his head or whatever... They they're faceless, none of them are like without their scalps. None of them have like a ring. None of them they all look exactly the same holding the same weapon. And then you got this one guy who's got his face down and is dressed like him. And all those people in that room, I think, aren't people that he meant to kill who he thinks deserved it, but individuals who just had it coming because wrong place, wrong time, innocent bystander. And that's why it plagues him that 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 haunts him. Because let's let's be real. If somebody told you, hey, this is a uh, this is this is a Nam Bak over here. <laughs> He's a bad a bad dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Like go go hunt him down, and then you find him. You find him embedded in the middle of like a camp with sentries and and, and scouts. And in order to get to that individual, you have to like Rambo style take out a bunch of dudes in in rice paddy hats. Like you might not feel too good about that because those individuals maybe are even they you don't see them as like any like they're they're the same as you right? But the bad guy at the end, that's the guy you need to kill. So he doesn't have any shame or guilt for his main target, but those others that he had to kill in the in the process because they got in his way. Makes sense, though, right?
0: Alex, your thoughts. Well, I I was
1: I was just daydreaming about the guy with the suit. No, it was, no, that's... I was
2: still thinking about Amelia and, and the the jean dress.
1: No, 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 no uh I don't think <laughs> like as I, said, I didn't Pay too much attention to what LERP means, or I'm not gonna like look it up or anything. So, as a simpleton, long, I'm
0: long-range g- reconnaissance
1: patrol. Still doesn't make sense, and I don't think, I, from my perspective or like my initial reaction, yeah, he just mowed down all those people, and they're you know that's just the regular way that movies inter- interpret ghosts. Like you kill them, they're coming back to haunt you. So, do you think both e- either of you? Do you think he killed? the
0: guy in the suit, the guy that stands out, or do you think he's merely responsible for his death and feels guilty about
1: it? In order for it to make sense for me, he would have had to put the bullets in all of them.
2: Oh, man, I guess I'm just going to take the other one because it's just... You, I th- I thought you would take the, the, the easier one, right? Because if, if he just feels responsible for that death, it, it, he didn't necessarily have to kill him in, with his own hand. I
1: think he's probably responsible for a lot more.
2: If I like, I'm going to have conviction in my action. I think that he did actually kill that guy. And that's why it's, it's, it's plaguing
0: him. Okay. I want to get to unanswered questions because now they're answered. We wrote down a bunch of these last week and I'm going to go through them. Interrupt me if you have anything to say, or if you think of something that I didn't include, do we see the dice after he pockets them? We do. I went back and looked at this. I noticed that when they had all the evidence from his bag out on the hood of the police car, the dice are there. They're not separate from other items, they are like right up next to another toy, but they are there. So he doesn't keep them in his pocket. And, you know, we thought maybe that was going to be something that would mess with the timeline and be a clue or something. Not the case. All
2: right. Very good. Uh,
0: We asked how many Hustiles there were total. Which also fits into that last question. There are four, and then there were the two originals. And then in this episode, he even, they even say it. So I didn't know if we were going to come back to it, but that answers that. Lucy does die in 1988 of an overdose outside of Las Vegas. We found that out. That's pretty unsurprising. The photo on Wayne's desk in 90, when he's just a desk jockey in the police department, we were wondering why he only had a picture of him and his kids, not mm. of his wife. He doesn't have a picture of Amelia on his desk. He just has the one photo. I thought maybe we missed it. It was in the background. It's not there. I don't know if this is weird or not, but I kind of am used to there being what the kids and the wife. This is in, in 90. Okay. This is... Um, Might have been actually even the previous episode where the woman comes over and says hey the lieutenant wants to talk to you moving up in the world Mm. like she no one knows that he he knows roland right so that's that i yeah which again i don't really know if that even matters but i i thought it was a little curious okay the other guy who's working with alan who we've never talked about just the, the, the like the sidekick the actor's name is josh hopkins and the character's name is jim dobkins (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <That seems> like, <laughs> wow. It does seems like you want to name yourself Something that sounds like you Because yeah. we're almost never going to say it on screen It's like, okay Your name is Josh Hopkins, or your character's name is Jim Dobkins
1: Last character added to the whole show
0: Yeah, right What's in Brett's bag? Definitely guns Okay, you didn't have an answer for We couldn't find the when this body count thing is mentioned I'll go back to it I'll find it If not, I'm wrong Yeah <laughs> Just chalk it up, put it on the board. Womp, womp. When did the Innocence Project start? We kind of wondered about this. That particular project started in 1992 in New York City. Huh. So there at least wasn't a movement that was taking hold in 1990 where you were trying to overturn convictions. Did you? I don't know if that matters to us in the this, in this show. But did
2: you happen to look up the West Finger West? I think it's West Lake. No, conviction
0: thing. The West Memphis Three.
2: No, no, that, that's that's the Purple Gang. Yeah. The, the there's a, a, a town in Arkansas, I think. I was reading an article about this. It's called like West Lake, or West Lakes. No, which is the the, the, the people are putting it together that the case is kind of very
0: similar. Mm-hmm. To and then the place is Westfinger. Oh, it's possible. So that yeah. to digress for a moment, I did also think about the geography and all those crimes from True Detective season one are like down along the coast. So geographically, I kind of doubt there's a killer that is... Killing people? Yeah, I don't know if that's... We kind of suggested that when we didn't know where the hell the states were with relation to each other. It's It's kind of the length of Louisiana you'd have to go, right? So I don't know if that's going to matter so much. Um, Is Roland married in 1990? He very clearly does not have a wedding band on. You can tell when he walks up from his car to go to Tom's in 1990. He's got nothing on his fingers. And he doesn't really act like a married guy anyway. Mm -hmm. But you said that you saw the picture picture of a uh, woman who looks like the woman from the church in 80. And then I read on Wikipedia that there's someone who is like a love interest of his. Yeah, I think it might be that woman. It could be her. Or he just has a thing for brunettes, but who don't? Oh, Roland's car. You thought it was a Firebird, right? Wrong. He drives. And Irock Z. I don't even know how to say this. Oh yeah, I Yeah, IROC- yeah. IROC-Z, yeah. He, so he drives a Camaro, and that car was first introduced in 1984. So I bet it is an 84.
2: I think you mentioned a Camaro, or, or
0: I did. I, I joked about how oh yeah, cops love cars, but then I was like, well, they're probably Camaros.
1: If no, it had it if had they're to be from the army. 85 at least, because it's been five years since that incident. Since what incident? Since um, who's the father? Tom, yeah. Since Tom had the incident, probably at the bar, that's what they're referring to.
2: At, yeah, that one of the last scenes where Tom is uh, surrounded by three big burly guys mm-hmm. at the sawhorse, and uh, Roland comes in. Yeah, helps him out.
0: Yeah, but that's that. Wait, no, no. But what year do you think that is? The incident at the bar in 1980. Do you think it's 80 oh, or 81 or 82? I think it's 80. Eighty one. Okay, so but why, the car
1: the car would have to be eighty five, right? Well, if, why,
0: why couldn't it be eighty four?
1: Oh yeah, you can buy a car before.
0: My bad. But <laughs> well, that's just minutia. Yeah, they, they said it's first introduced in eighty four. I don't know whether eighty four is when eighty four is probably when it went to market. You could probably buy it, yeah. in, but it, it might not. I'm just kind of assuming that they they close the case. He gets promoted. He 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 buys a new car. He's driving a clunker in. Oh, no, he's not. He's driving a different car because his windshield smashed right. out. up. Yep. He's driving like a Pinto or something, something terrible. We can look that up for next week. <laughs> um, Shit blows up. Okay, the height of the hole in the closet. It's it's pretty low. Um, Steven Dorff is a pretty short guy. He crouches a little bit. It's definitely not adult standing, looking in height. But I don't know if that really matters to who drilled the hole because I think the whole point was to look directly at Julie's nightstand. You
2: ever intramural. drill in
0: a, and drill a hole through a drywall?
1: Yeah. If you drill a hole through dry drywall, does the does dust the, come in or yeah. does it come out?
0: Does it go out or in? Comes out. It comes out the back. It generally comes out from the side you're drilling on. Did you notice that the that the dust from that
2: wall is on the bottom? Yeah. In, mm-hmm. in, in the, on the side of the closet. To me, that's consistent
0: with drilling a hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: How about another question?
2: But for which know. direction did drill drill come from? Julie's room or from Will's room? Will's it's room. In
0: my opinion, it is consistent with the
1: hole being drilled
0: from Will's closet.
1: Okay. Yeah. How were power power tools in the eighties? It like may not
0: have. It may not have been a power drill. It Might have been the one that you hold with one hand oh. and then you crank it with the other hand, like in a Rinky big circle, dinky, like old school. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Although that also could explain how you could do it more quietly. All right, the flies buzzing when Wayne locates the spot where Will died. I didn't really hear it. Mm. I didn't hear it enough to think that, oh, wow, there's a lot of flies buzzing around. It was in
1: our head then, or like in my head.
2: The sound was there. It's just in the background. It
0: also bleeds into the next scene where they're walking to the scene with, and there's the sound of wind rustling through stuff. Mm. There's a sound in a transition out of that that kind of sounds like buzzing. Especially if you're not listening to it in your headphones, where you can tell yeah, it what it is. So I don't. Yeah, again, I, that along with the dice, I think, kind of throws away anything we had about him, like Memento Moving style, just just totally screwing this whole thing up in eighty without realizing it. Right. That gets to the search party footage, which is basically what we just talked about. Um, it's kind of impossible to tell whether the time where we see Amelia with Wayne walking happens before or after. Uh, he finds that that spot where Will died. So I I don't have any... There's no real reason to believe that that's some trickeration. Um, oh, the kids of the person. No, how... Which how, person? How am I saying this? <laughs> Cut that out! <laughs> the guy who they got in 1980 or whatever is hired by Alan's firm. The kids, his kids hired them. Remember they said the family? We get a little bit more specific. The kids... His kids are the ones who want to get his conviction overturned, so the person who they get has children mm. so it's that this could rule out some people and it rules out that it's, whether it's a her and it could
1: include Brett, which I thought would die.
0: I guess it technically could include Brett because he has kids. I still don 't think it's him because they mentioned looks, his fate earlier in the episode and again they then again they only <sighs> said. They could they could just use this whole incident if he survives it, just painted it on him. Maybe. That's a little too true detective one though, where there's this shootout that they they won't be able to stage this one, but where they kill the two the two meth dudes and everyone thinks they got their guy. When would mean you, when meanwhile that's Would you hate that? Would you hate that as like, Oh, that's so cheap, they're just reusing shit from the old. I would think that it was a little bit too much. It'd yeah. be one it's one thing to use the same atmosphere, the same kind of character archetypes for it to feel like there's a continuity there. But it would be too much for me if they had literally the same plot with different characters. Yeah. That would suck.
2: So basically, this podcast is over as soon as that happens.
0: So Maybe. Sad.
2: This was fun. I'll miss you guys.
0: I won't. <laughs> okay, West Memphis <laughs> 3 is the correct name. We we were kind of not really sure. It, it is it is that. I just didn't want to like call that the wrong thing for a while. 70-year-old Wayne writes some notes about the brown sedan and then remembers that they spoke to them. So he's, I think, in that moment, he's getting nervous because he's like, we knew. And we didn't. It's Why isn't it in the field reports? Mm. Like, we knew about this. And I think he's feeling like he's not the one who pulled that out. So I think he might think that something was being tampered with. Right. Right. Because I don't think he would have willingly omitted that information from the reports. They're giving dailies. You'd think they would have said something. Um, and then finally, it has nothing to do with the actual plot, but why did Jeremy Solnier, Saul- the director of the first two episodes, leave the show? So it was initially reported, as actually you pointed out, that there were scheduling con- uh, conflicts, and this was due to Hold the Dark. I think oh, yeah, True Detective yeah. was going long, and then he was supposed to direct Hold Hold the Dark. But later when he was asked in a Q&A from IndieWire, did you pull out of uh, the third episode of True Detective season three solely because of those scheduling conflicts or was it also because of the creative differences between you and Nick Pizzolato? His response is, I don't speak on the record about that. Then IndieWire comes back and says, <laughs> um, oh man, I didn't write their response. I think they just said something like, well, that says a lot actually. And then he goes on to say, It was a tough time, but I'm hoping it was, but I'm hoping it will really catapult me into a new realm of filmmaking because I found my limits and I was able to function at a high speed in a very tough environment. And I'm grateful for that experience, but um, I'm eager to kind of put that in my rearview mirror.
2: That's interesting. That doesn't really sound like it was too, like they probably don't have anything personal against each other. I think it's probably just like, oh man, that guy likes to bum rush through TV shows, and I like to take my time. I'm an
1: artist.
0: I don't know. It sounds a little like I, a little I, acrimonious
1: to me. What that it sounds called? like some into shit, the, I would say. Into the Dark? Hold yeah. the Dark. Yeah. An artist? Hmm.
2: That's an arty name. I don't know. I would, I, I would have complaints like that. I've had complaints like that at work where I'm like, man, I don't have anything personal against these people. It's just I don't like the rhythm.
1: But do you think like the creator of the show or the producers? They they tell the guy, it's like, "Hey, you have like uh, three weeks for per episode. You think you can do it? Yeah, they sure. Have, they have a shooting yeah, schedule. W- yeah, yeah sure. why not? And then it's like six weeks, and it's the first episode's not done yet. Well, then it's not a creative difference. It's just that you didn't, you did, you're not a, complying with what you agreed initially. D- who ca- Who cares? That's the real. That's yeah, the real sure. answer. Yeah. I, I mean, Andy I, Wire had no other questions Because he's that important Well, I mean, I didn't read you the whole interview No, it's fine <laughs> I, didn't, I wouldn't want to hear it
0: you're, not, you're just not interested Not yeah. interested in anything that goes on behind the scenes Or any of this, this nuance or this drama, huh?
1: I think directors are overrated Hmm Yeah, honestly mm. I think um, they uh, They get too much Too much credit You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't know I think there's more into like cos- uh, costumes, uh, settings, um. cinematography. And they do of. get their their awards during the Oscars, but during the commercials. But we leave the last one for the director. I get it. They're the they're the president of the movie.
2: I can I can see your point. <laughs> I, can, I I can see your point though. There there are a lot of actors that act in the movie they but also direct. Out of so.
1: everyone's work. What's that? They benefit they get the recognition because of everyone's work, sure. like it, if you're the writer and director, yes, now you've you're, you've reached another level of uh, intimacy with the project. If you're you've brought on for a couple episodes, I don't think you're that important well, to the the whole project. Uh,
2: this is why this is why I agree with you uh, for TV shows in particular.
1: For movies,
2: it's it's much more involved. They're they they have their hands in every single part of it because it's like you're you're the uh, you're the conductor, right? Yeah. Everybody has a piece, and everybody knows, and everybody's a, a, you know, talented in each and every single one of their positions, but you are making sure that everything comes together correctly on time. I in think, a TV show, it's true that you, the director kind of doesn't do anything. The the crew is the one that's responsible for making everything happen.
0: I'm going to agree with you as it relates to television. Yeah. It also depends on the nature of the TV show, right? The more of like a if, – if it's one of these – well, <laughs> well, if, if if it's like a a network yeah. procedural show, I mean, I've watched shows like that, and I you just can't tell the difference between who directs what show. Right. You you have to just execute something on a really tight schedule, so it's it's more like you just need to be competent. But I do think that with this show and with it's different with this show because Carrie Fuganaga was really lauded and perhaps. And I'm just gonna speculate, maybe um got a more shine that, that than ever was expected from how that show turned out. Like, I don't know, maybe it's possible that Nick Pizzolato felt
1: overshadowed.
0: Yeah, I mean he had been he was the showrunner, he was the creator, it was all his it was birthed from his mind. Um and a lot of us talked about how great the show looked and the consistency of the vision. So having uh, one director for all those I thought was uh, important, but retroactively because it was such a great season of TV. And then we saw what happened in episode, sorry, in season two, when I think what happened was HBO really wanted Nick to get another season out. It clearly wasn't that great. Um, I, I and but at that at that point I, I don't really know if if any director could have saved it or whether multiple directors re- really
1: mattered. So that- I, I agree with Axel, where the the director is the orchestrator. Yeah, he has a vision. He read the the thing. He's allowed to make additions to to the script, blah blah blah. And he wants to do it this way, and he wants the camera to come up from this way, blah blah blah. But the people to actually execute it or to make it happen, I think the producers do have a lot of hand in that. They get the extra money to to make sure it it, it happens at, on schedule. They're they're they they rightfully get the to, directors. to stand up on or is it executive producers or the producers that well executive that
2: producers have... are are more like i don't i mean i don't i don't know i'm not even commenting on this but but as far as the the director role that you're talking about there have been directors that have discussed just that like uh kevin smith has has said just as much when he goes and directs like for a tv show he says like i'd basically come in and everybody does the thing. I'm just sitting there, and I, my job is just to go, action, cut, you know? And so much so that he, whenever he, he directs a TV show, he kind of, like, ends up being sort of like the mom. Like He shows up with donuts, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like, he's just moderating morale rather than being the conductor of an orchestra. So I, th- I think you're right. It, but it also depends, like Bob says, you know, depending on the show and the type of person that you are.
1: Hmm. It could be just... Different people. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think there's a little bit you could you could maybe see the difference. I mean, we like this episode quite a lot, and that could just be the pacing. I, in season one, like season four, it kind of gets going a little bit. I think season four is when we have that really great one shot of him going through the neighborhood when everything goes to hell. Episode, season one. Yeah, what did I say? Season four. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant season one, episode four. Bob <laughs> right? is
2: fucking climb <laughs> Yeah.
0: But, um, you know, th- this one had a little bit more of that, that humor, a little bit more fun in it. And I think the director is responsible for kind of n- nudging it in that way, right? So that some yeah. of that, that comedy lands. So that, sure. so that it's, it doesn't fall quite as flat. So, all right. Now we're done with things we missed. Uh, the last thing I think we want to go through is, let's just t- co- go through the, char- the characters that oh. are sort of of interest and see this is this is let's let's have let's now get into what we think is going to happen on the show what kind of theories what kind of stuff is going on okay alex what do you think might happen or are there any characters that you want to talk about you're curious if they're going
1: to show up well i think uh we're gonna finally meet that the aunt the mystery woman that's been playing i think that's been playing with the kids somewhere in the forest which is kind of weird the lady with the brown car yeah, so the lady
0: with the brown car, I think, is the partner of some in some way with the black guy with the milky eye. Hmm. Because we heard from the statement both in 2015 from Eliza coupled with the statement we saw the farm, the farmer make that it's a brown car, a newish car, and when asked what they look like, the farmer says they were like you all Uh, Black and white. White woman, black man. So, sounds to me like they're looking for the black man who bought the Cornhusk dolls. And the aunt, like Alex said, that uh, the priest mentions that Julie was interested in seeing is the woman. Do we think that those are the people that they were going out to see in the woods?
2: That's an interesting red herring, though. Because they're looking for a milky-eyed black man. Mm Mm-hmm. The woman might be the Catholic uh, church attendee, right. the parishioner. That's that's also, yeah, that could be. So they're not looking in the right direction. What else? I think we're going to find out that uh, they're going to they're gonna uncover that whole, like, I, I, Henry's having an affair with Eliza.
0: You really think so? Yeah, I
2: really think so. That's my prediction. That's my thing.
0: There are these things that I just, I'm like, damn, I don't want that to happen.
1: I know, but I mean, there's just not enough characters.
0: Cyborg would never cheat on his wife. <laughs>
1: there's just not enough characters to juggle more interactions that we whoever we have now i think those are the people that are important i mean that that makes sense we're halfway through
0: it would be tough to reintroduce people or not sorry not reintroduce but to introduce new characters but I, i do think that they will though because they got it they got a lot of episodes well, cuz this is the point of the show where things start to move forward in 1990. You know, we were basically listen, listening to um it was like 90 was flashing back to 80, but also 2015 was flashing back to 80. So I think we're going to see less flashing back from 2015 in terms of Wayne recalling it and we're just going to see how it plays out. Yeah. Much like season one, did I get that right? Season one. So I was mm-hmm. saying season four and all this stupid shit. Much like season one, where once, once, um, once Rust follows Marty and is like, "Hey, let's grab a beer," then we just then then everything just moves forward. Now that really can't happen because we have this 2015 thing. But I think that 90 is just gonna move forward, and while 2015 version struggles to remember what the hell happened. Right. So the priest now, what do we think about him? We mentioned it a little bit. We think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be instrumental. You think so? Yeah, I think in I think he way. doesn't
2: I think he knows more than he's leading on it. And, and, and if you're right that somebody else could have seen Will's picture in that room. That's still like there there's somebody that he's close to, close enough that, that he allows them to come into the rectory and they, they they saw that picture and clearly saw like out of all the kids in in, in church, which ones they wanted Julie and oh will you know I, I think I think the priest knows a little bit more, and he's willing to let the police do certain things because it lets him know when they're coming, so maybe the woman that usually shows up at church that day he says. Maybe you shouldn't come because
0: they're Does gonna take Hoyt a Hoyt Foods rent. donate a lot of money to the church. That's a thing we gotta look up. That's a good point. We didn't really see a lot of Hoyt Foods or this uh Ozark Foundation. We we must be getting back to that next yeah. week, right? They asked for They asked to pull a bunch of records from employees and all this kind of stuff. They mentioned it briefly back at the station when they're sort of uh all talking about it with uh, the federal agents. I don't, you know, I don't know if anything's going to come come of that. The, the, one of the detectives, one of the the federal uh sorry, one of the special agents is,
1: says that's really thin. So, maybe it'll come in, in the 90s when they're going through all that evidence again with a little bit more or, or with fresh eyes, maybe. What I am looking forward to in the next episode is Maybe a 10 to 15 minute conflict or f- for Brett's uh, final. Oh,
0: they're going to open up with that. I think, I think so.
1: So that the has to happen, minutes, right? And then another 15 minutes to figure out what happens to Brett if he's alive or how they're going to spin it to the public. And then let's continue the story. Let's, let's continue the investigation. Mm-hmm. Like in the 90s or the 2000s, whatever. Right. Do you think Brett dies? I think now that you clar- clarified that um, the person in jail has kids, I think it really opens up a possibility for Brett to be up there. I mean, if we're thinking about people that we know right now, Brett fits the picture.
2: Yeah. I think Brett dies. I think he, there's a standoff. Uh, the police, the pitchfork gang, and him. And, and he's decided that this is, this is his last stand. I think he dies. I don't think he's the guy that they pin this on.
1: How long would it take for an execution? Because I, I'm guessing that they... takes a long time. Okay, so maybe he could stay still alive. Yeah, but they didn't mention that the person was on death row, right? I no. mean, after you murder... Well, not murder, but stand your ground. I think
2: it's much more difficult to get your case retried when you're on death row. Because when you're on death row, I think that's pretty much it, right?
0: I don't think so. You I know? think it might be the opposite. I mean, because you're believe. on death row There's more of a sense of urgency So if anyone's advocating for you There's a ticking clock
2: mm.
0: I mean usually it, the Whether you're on death row or not Doesn't necessarily have anything to do with The strength of the case It just has to do with the severity of the crime You were convicted of And in certain states that have The death penalty And I watched that documentary on Netflix About it Where they interviewed I think it's called like, I'm a Killer Or, some, or something yeah, like yeah. that And they talk to a lot of people. It's very dark. It's like not the kind of thing you can binge watch because you're just gonna feel really. You're not gonna be in a good state of mind after you watch a series of those. It's not like Forensic Files, yeah, where it's it's a little bit hokey and they're all 22 minutes and all that. Even though some of the crimes are horrific, it's not. It doesn't go that deep and that dark. So, but again, not to digress, we don't really know whether he's on. Death row. They didn't mention it. I think that's a the thing. There's enough here that they got to tie it up together, and we'll know really
2: quickly in the next episode whether or not Brett dies. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna die, but if he is alive, maybe, and that would suck, wouldn't it? Because like that would be. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about this, I would come around because he's he's Wayne. In this case, right, would probably make the case is like this guy's not the guy,
1: right? We're clearly not looking at the right guy. Yeah,
2: and the the There's the no town, edits. the district attorney, and everything. At that moment, he's also on TV, right? Like just a few se- uh, scenes before that, when oh, they got the yeah, purple gang in about that. and they're interrogating him, they're like oh, he's here, and they got all the buddies, and they move out of the, the room because Wayne and Roland are watching TV and they're seeing the the, the guy who 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 is trying to kiss. like he's, he's a prosecutor. He's like trying to make a move to be a DA. So it might just be,
0: might just come together, and is like you know
2: this is the person we're just gonna pin it on. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, I think it's important that they get they get interrupted during their interrogation of the kids. They were really letting them stew. You know, they were all freaking out. They obviously focused on Freddie. He's the only one that we saw them interview. But they had all three of them in holding, and they marched Freddie past the other two um, solely so that he could see them. Are you still? Uh, do you still have then at this point
2: the Purple Gang as as a su- suspect?
0: I think that. I have them as persons of interest. That's kind of what I'm lumping Mm. these people all into. They don't have any suspects. Do you know what I'm saying? If you think about the way this is going, there are no suspects. The kids are the only ones who they've brought in with anything that they think could be solid. Even when they interview Brett, that's, to my recollection, the only other interview they have at the station. Everything else is on the street. They're interviewing people. They're asking questions. They're trying to trace down down leads. They're doing all this stuff. They finally have these three kids who they now know were lying the first time, and they're basically trying to scare Freddie into just telling the whole truth about what he was doing, even though they don't really believe that it's him. What I think we're being led to believe is that this whole thing goes down. Okay, here's, here's my prediction, not necessarily what I want to happen. This is what I think makes sense. This Claymore goes off, which I think we're pretty certain of. would be ridiculous if that didn't actually happen, right? I mean, there's like an explosion at the end of the episode. This Claymore goes off. That guy gets killed. Everyone else starts to unload on the house. There's a scene where Brett is like huddled down. There's a flurry of bullets. He's shooting. And Wayne is the one who who gets everyone to stop, and he goes in and tries to talk to him. He talks to him as like an ex-soldier, a veteran, and he finally, he somehow talks him down, which is the only way, by the way, that I think Brett doesn't just take his own life. That's the other thing that I feel certain of, is that unless Wayne can talk him down, he's not going to go to prison for this. He already knows that the rest of the townsfolk just want, are, are, are scared, and they just want him gone. So if he lives, I think that Wayne talks him down. Perhaps promises him that he's going to get a fair shake if he surrenders, and then it doesn't happen. And then the state pins it on him. So I think that's what might happen with him next episode. And then we get to see how things fall apart for him in 80 when he tries to swim upstream against that current. And maybe we see how his career deteriorates, how his relationship with with Roland deteriorates. Because I think they stopped working together for a long time. It's not like they worked together for another five, six years, and then they've been estranged for like two years. I think immediately after they close this case, which I think is going to be soon, meaning it doesn't go on for more than a year from when it starts, that's what I think is going to happen with Brett. I don't really want that to happen. I I would prefer him to die and for them to get back to interviewing Freddie, but I think they cut them loose and they never get answers.
2: I don't believe that the Purple Gang has the balls to do what the crime is. No,
0: but I think they have some information that, they they're, ne- that they're never yeah. going to talk so about.
2: I, I think you're right like as far as persons of interest
1: mm, happen. Maybe the Purple Gang knows something that Will did or does. And that's why they had that evil look in the beginning.
2: No, they, they, were, they were clearly bullying him. Like that that whole scene. As soon as he, uh, what's what's the purple gang leader's name again? Freddie. Freddie is being interrogated, and he starts to get threatened with butt yeah, rape. Yeah, he's a punk. Blah, blah, he, blah. he tells him like, no, no, he was just a nerd. He's just a dork, and I was, I, I just wanted to bully him. But that was the lie. I don't think that's the lie. I think that's the truth. Mm,
1: okay.
2: I don't think the purple gang did it. Yeah.
1: You know? I don't think they did it, but they probably know something that Will does that no one knows. Yeah. They might know. They might. One of them may have seen
0: one of these other two people we're looking for, the yeah. aunt and the uncle, you know? Yeah, it's possible. All right. What about Dan? He's not been back on screen, and we know he he dies somewhere between 1990 and 2015. It's weird. They tell us about him, but what do you, what do you think? That, that, I think,
2: is just a like complete misdirection, at least for now, because... Dan just disappears. he goes away. They didn't follow up with him, and then you you get like two decades before you see his bones. There's nothing there in that picture that says like, "Oh yeah, they have a corn husk doll or the dice or anything like it's just a dead it's just it's just a burial like nothing in that family has has made me feel like they're totally responsible upright citizens right, right. <laughs> like you know like this guy's probably got got. Uh, some enemies and he maybe owed some debts to some crazy people just enough to, to get
0: disposed of what do you think he goes to jail for who dan he went to jail prison record yeah. dentals prison dental records that's how they are how they ided him
1: what's that alabama senator or to be senator or th- he was running what about him that would pick up like 14 year olds oh you think he went for something dark yeah Ooh,
0: i'm thinking know. just he's just passing bad checks yeah same <laughs> i think he was just uh he
2: didn't yeah he came off to me like he was probably a con man of some sort got, got caught up something went to prison
0: all right what about ted ted's the pedophile we haven't seen him he may not be back yeah i don't think know he shows he's up, up again back. no no mm-hmm. a little bit like the there's just some character building for the for yeah for our dicks okay Wait, what about you, well, you mean detectives right yeah, okay. Yeah. you never heard people call them dicks?
2: Yeah, yeah, I just I, yeah. Dick,
1: Dick holster? I
2: just didn't know if you were like, yeah, I got hard when I saw these guys beat the shit out of this dude. <laughs> you thought I got hard? I don't know, man. It's <laughs> like you, when you like casually dropped that down and I was like, oh. oh, ah, yeah, yeah.
0: this guy's just like, yes. What about, um, what about Tom?
1: I completely what about Tom. The Tom, the dad. His, nah. He's the culprit. I don't think nah. he, he did it.
2: Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, and I think that now we started this the the storyline for Tom, that comes full circle with his rehabilitation.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing: why is he still in the show? Hmm. He, he, I kind of, I mean, I think feel about, about him. It. Why? Why? But why is he still in the show? For sympathy.
2: He's also the dad. Like, he needs to know. It's like closure for him. I, I I gotta tell you I, I feel for Tom like throughout like I felt in the beginning is like maybe this guy's up to something. Well, and now, yeah, now I, I, mean, I just if, feel for him.
1: If Julie's coming back, who's who's she coming back to, or who's who's in really that interested? Only Tom. I mean, you could argue that Wayne is more interested than Tom. Yeah. Well, from a familiar perspective Also, like where
2: job.
0: where's Tom in twenty fifteen? He's not well. He's, we haven't
2: seen a lot of people in 2015. Roland's not there. No,
0: Roland's but there. yeah, you saw this teaser. No, I know I didn't. Uh, no, okay. he's, but <laughs> at least he's there. Wayne mentions. Yeah, that he, he mentions. Could be he's, like, he's like, here's a bunch of names, and he says uh, also Roland. You know.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So, all right, what what names do you think are on that list? We only know Roland. You think Tom's
0: on that list? Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't really I didn't pause it to look at the list. It looked like and again, if they're not being super careful with the props, it was just a piece of paper with stuff written on it, yeah. but it looked like there was about half of a sheet of legal paper with names on it halfway down with one space left out between each line. So that's like it's like eight names. I thought in my head I was like there's six to eight names on this list. Yeah. But and and also Roland, which who may or may not be a name. I think the names could be the folks that weren't that said that they weren't spoken to that made statements about the brown car, but it didn't make it
1: into the field field reports. Also, yeah. he's like 70, right? So only people younger than him are still alive. Yeah, but he could also be getting background checks on individuals
0: who have died already. I mean, not necessarily. He's 70 in 20 2015. I'm just guessing. It's not Game of Thrones. Like that
2: lady that made the
1: the the chaff dolls. She's she's definitely de- long gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even people with uh poor poor lifestyles like poor Lucy. Yeah, they're not on they the ketogenic
2: diet like no. certain people. Who else any other persons of interest you got? Mm,
0: no, there's no one else suspect-wise or person of interest that we haven't really covered. One thing we didn't really talk about though is Julie. She's in she's in the Walgreens. She looks like she's walking very fast, like she's trying to get away from someone or she's, you know, m- maybe she's she just like pocketed some stuff and she's trying to get the hell out of there. But it's she just looks frantic, right? What do you think is going on there?
2: I mean, to me it struck it struck me as a person who is running away constantly. Mhm. The thing that excited me though is that now they have a picture of her. Like they can find her. I don't I don't think you, in 1990 you had any of that like facial recognition that we have today. But I I figured it probably be easier now that you have a picture of her to find, Julie. Do you- I, I'd be surprised if they didn't... Uh, do you guys
1: know what, what Elis- Elisa's episode is about? Is it about Julie's murder or t- just Will's?
2: Oh, you mean her TV show? Mm-hmm. I think it's
1: about the whole case and new evidence. Okay, so I guess Julie's still not found because obviously she would know all the answers.
2: Oh, interesting. So you're saying that they they, they never found that woman? That they know she... Well, they don't even know that she's actually Julie.
0: You know what? I, I, it's fucked up, but... I never consciously thought about that. That in they don't find her. Like, there's no way they found her. There's no way that they found her and they didn't talk about it yeah. already, right? There's just no chance.
2: Although would, there would be some closure to Will's death at that point.
0: Maybe. It makes me wonder what the fuck they're even going to find out. Hmm. Or is it they're going to find nothing? It's going to be think a huge mess. that woman is a
2: person of interest now. Who? The woman who's supposedly Julie in, in the camera.
0: Oh, I th- definitely think she's, she's definitely yeah. someone to look out for. Although I don't think that... They for instance, she, she's not... Julie's not responsible for Julie's disappearance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but is she on the run with someone? Has she been alone this whole time? She's, she had to have some kind of a... Someone who was either her caretaker, either she willingly ran away with someone, or she was abducted, and now she's just been living out this Stockholm Syndrome type, si- type situation... Okay, last 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 thing to end the show. Over under deaths next episode. Ooh. Like how many people get killed in this what we think is going to be a big shootout. So, it we're setting it it's obviously going to be I think it's obviously more than 1. Yeah. I don't I th- see how you know, it's Mr. American one. flag.
1: Yeah, but let's so that means there's more bloodbath because the yeah. count obviously is very high. But who else could who else has all that ulti- ar- ar- artillery to...
0: The police have guns. At that moment, Brett a lot, is a threat.
1: A lot of dudes show up.
0: Brett's got a lot of fire firepower. You know, only we only know Wayne and Roland don't get killed. But there's conservatively another eight to ten people, including Brett. Give me a number. Seven. Seven. Pretty Ooh, high. That's a
2: lot. Yeah, that's, that includes cops. Mm-hmm. I don't. None of the Pitchfork Gang have car. Um, have guns. They only have, like, bats. That's not true. Didn't I? I only saw bats. At least the first guy has a has a hand cannon. Damn. So I, I, if the Pitchfork Gang has more than one gun, I think it's a shootout, and the cops are kind of like in between all of that,
0: and they're not going to be able to handle the situation. I think at least five people die. Five, five people. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go low. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say. Only two people wind up dead and that includes the first guy. So I think only one person gets it. I think there will be some casualties which doesn't constitute deaths but I, I think this winds up being a lot of gunfire and it de-escalates because of Wayne. I think he manages to de-escalate the situation. All
2: right, so at the end of this two people die Brett is alive. I think Brett will die. I don't think Brett Brett leaves that house.
0: Okay, you think Brett's dead. What about
1: you, Alex? I think it makes more sense for Brett to die if there's lots of casualties. Okay, so that fits in with your whole thing. I don't want that to happen, because I need Brett to stay alive for my other uh, assumptions.
0: Okay. Well, I think Brett lives. I think only two people get hauled away in body bags. All right, we're going to find out. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with episode five, True Detective Season 3. We're out! Bye!